Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 40th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thank you all very much for being here today. If you guys were not here, this podcast would not be here, so thanks a lot. Um, Before we get started, I wanted to discuss my newest book with you guys. It's called Strategies for Beating Small Stakes Poker Tournaments. It is a book I designed to help you learn how to exploit the common tendencies that you will encounter whenever you're playing small stakes poker tournaments. And I see these tendencies even in the high stakes games. And um, so far, this book has been the bestseller on Amazon since I released it not too long ago, and that makes me happy. (laughs) Um, But but the book has something like 400 five-star reviews, and everyone seems to be loving it. So if you play small-stakes poker tournaments or even small-stakes cash games and want to learn how to get into your opponent's heads and exploit them, and when the most possible, definitely check out this book. It's only $5. I tried to make it as cheap as possible and accessible as possible so that everyone can learn. So this hand... It's from a 1,000 euro tournament I recently played at the European Poker Tour. It folds around to a guy in the hijack seat. And I know from paying attention that this guy likes to continuation bet a ton. So it's also clear to me that he is not a good professional. So he probably is continuation betting a lot, knowing that his opponents are going to fold way more often than they should, but he's probably not going to defend too well against it. So he's, he's a tight aggressive guy, certainly competent, but probably not amazing. So he raises the 600 from the hijack seat. Everyone folds to me, and I have 7-6 suited in the big blind. We are playing 150-300. He raises the 600. I have an 8,000 chip stack to start the hand. So we're not incredibly deep. I think re-raising is actually fine, but I also like calling with the intention of getting a bit out of line on various boards. So I do call. The pot's 15-75. The flop comes 10-5-3 with one diamond. And in this mind, this is a very good flop because it's going to be somewhat difficult for my opponent to actually have a good hand on this board that he can defend versus a check raise. I know some players like to lead in this spot. They'll bet maybe a 1,000, but I don't really like leading because I think that induces your opponent to call with a lot of ace highs and any better hand, of course. And if you're keeping your opponent in with a lot of his range, that's probably not going to work out too well for you unless you improve on the turn or plan on running a very big bluff. And in general, specifically in tournaments, you don't really want to be running huge bluffs because one failed bluff just results in you being out. Whereas in cash games, it's not so detrimental because it's okay if you lose your stack in a cash game, you can always reload. So I'm not really trying to run a huge bluff in this scenario, but I definitely am aware that this is a board that should not hit either player very often. So if my opponent's going to continuation bet with probably 100% of his range, I can get away with check raising him pretty wide on this board. So... I do elect to check. There it goes. <laughs> uh, my opponent bets 900. I make it 2100. Notice I don't have to check raise small. I do not think that's mandatory. Small check raises are perfectly fine. And my opponent just folds. He gives up the pot. And I think this is what is going to be happening a lot of the time, especially on boards that should not be good for either player's range too often. So if I am check raising here with 7-6, you have to ask yourself, shouldn't my opponent just call my check raise every time because he knows I'm drawing thin? And the answer to that is no, because I would also check raise with strong hands here as well. On this board in particular, I'd probably be check raising some top pairs because I recognize I want to be check raising all gut shots, all open-ended straight draws. Obviously, I don't have the 6-4 too often and the 4-2 almost never. But I want to be check raising all of my draws. So you have to ask... You want the proportion of draws to be at least somewhat near the proportion of 
strong made hands that should be that should have your opponent in very bad shape. So on this board, I'd probably be check raising with any over pairs that I happen to have, and also maybe ace ten, and then hands like king ten, queen ten, jack ten, pocket nines, ace five. I'd probably be check calling with those. So it's important to have a somewhat balanced range whenever you are making check raises as a bluff, especially if you're going to have a decent amount of check raises as a bluff in your range. But uh, don't get in the habit of only check raising as a bluff unless you know something about your opponent, unless you know a lot about your opponent and you know what kind of mistakes he's going to make. So if I think this guy is the type of player who's going to continuation bet 100% on the flop and then fold unless he has a 10 or better to a check raise, this is a fantastic spot to check raise primarily with your bluffing hands and not with your your value hands. Because if I know my opponent has queen jack and I have pocket fives for sets, I definitely do not want to let my opponent fold. So that's a scenario where I'd be check calling against this player. So anytime you're making what's called a very exploitative play, which is my check raising with a lot of bluffs in this spot, you have to be aware that your opponent can easily crush you if he knows what you're doing. So this is not a scenario where you want to show your opponent the, the seven high bluff. You want to keep that to yourself, act like your opponent made a good fold, and continue bluffing him forever in that spot until he adjusts. Um, once he does figure out that you are bluffing him, you should probably revert to a more balanced game. But if you think your opponent is making an error, and this is a scenario where I definitely thought my opponent was continuation betting too often, don't be afraid to get out of line and try to take advantage of it. And that is exactly what I teach in my book, Strategies for Beating Small Stakes Poker Tournaments. Again, you can check that out on Amazon. It is the number one bestseller in the Kendall Poker and Gambling sections. And everyone's loving it. So let me know what you guys think. Thank you very much for being here this week. And I will talk to you next time.